1: Larry Crater here with the Larry Crudder Leadership Podcast as we interview people from around the world who are involved in key leadership positions in many areas. And today, blessed to be with Ibrahim and Diane Omandi from Kenya. Welcome back. We had you back here before. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Glad you're willing to come back and we can do this again. I want to continue to learn from you because there's so much that you carry. As I've shared many times, I have the privilege as I travel I think it's more than 3 million miles now, I just figured it out. Most of that on United Airlines, Ibram. <laughs> but, uh, and meet with some amazing leaders around the world and be able to sit, at, you know, and, and sit at meals together and talk about leadership. And I want to share this with anybody who wants to learn so we can learn together about, about leadership. So talk to me about your leadership journey. Let me just say, for those of you who have not uh, heard that the other podcast is available that we uh, had before, Ibrahim Danamani gave leadership to Dub Africa. Ibrahim and Dinamande are journalists. They've written dozens of books. Uh, Ibrahim helped rewrite the Constitution for the nation of Kenya. Uh, he's been a friend, a first name basis with the presidents of the nation, which blows me away. And you've learned so much about leadership over the years. You were the general secretary of the Evangelical Alliance, working with churches all over the country. And again, uh, I go on and on and on and on. But in light of all that God's done in your lives as leaders, talk to me about your leadership journey. What are some things you learned in this whole process? Diane, we'll start with you.
2: I think one of the things I've learned, Larry, thank you, is that it's you need to be able to walk where you want people to walk. Um, what do you mean by that? I mean that if you're expecting somebody to do something, you should be willing to do it yourself. That Good. doesn't necessarily Good. mean that... You have to know all the technical ways sure. of running the sound crew. Right. But if you want other people to be committed to a cause, you need to be committed to that cause. If you want other people to come That's early really good. to church really and set good. up the chairs, you need to be willing to come really early good. to church and set up the chairs. And the, on the flip side of that is you shouldn't keep always doing everything yourself. Correct. So I, you know, I look back at the times when we did all the this and that, and the setup and the sound and the worship and the children's ministry. And right, right. That doesn't mean you always have to do that, but there needs to be a willingness or a settling in your heart. Nothing is below me. Nothing right, is something right. that I don't want to be involved in. And then at the same time, bring people in, bring people yeah. in. So it looks very awkward for a, a senior leader to be doing every little thing. Right. We need to bring people in and, and ask people to carry responsibility. Mm-hmm. But just... In a a posture of heart that's, I can do whatever, I'm willing to do whatever, I am committed. I remember times when we had an early morning prayer meeting, and it wasn't taking off. It wasn't doing well. Not many Mm -hmm. people were coming, and then it would start again, you know, try a different time. It wasn't doing very well. And I remember telling my husband, we are going to have to go. You know, we just have to commit to Mm -hmm. this early morning get up at four o'clock in the morning or whatever it is be there consistently day week after week year after year and then it did it really took off not that the leader has to do everything i'm not i don't want to say the leader has we to understand. do everything yeah. but needs to be willing to take the position lead the way and do what you're asking other people to leaders
1: do. leaders lead the way some yes. people say i don't know mm-hmm. if i'm a leader why well, is anybody following <laughs> <It's> you anybody <laughs> you know <laughs> Abedjou, talk to us about leadership
0: i i see two different approaches to leadership because when you're working with people who are leaders themselves, maybe some are more senior to you, sure, and you're trying to mobilize them to a cause right uh, like in a national setup, then you take more of the role of a servant, realize how effective that was. you maybe become a servant to these guys you you help them with things, you show them how to do things, right. you you humble yourself. And, right. I, and and I took that humility approach to talk to these key church leaders, to bring them together so that we could work on the constitution of Kenya. Right. So that we could be able to approach the president on certain issues. So that we could address the nation. On particular and and see some changes effect. You don't give orders. You don't give commands. Right. You right. become a servant. You go right. to their level and begin to show them that really I'm willing to help you. In fact, Very I good. didn't have to do most of the speaking. You find some eloquent person in them and you mm-hmm. write the speech for them. <laughs> you tell wow, them, that's <laughs> amazing! Tell them you could do this. You I could set you up with the newspaper, with the sure. with the with the TV with networks. And you do this, and you realize you're winning their hearts, and they see you as their leader, mm-hmm. even though you are their servant.
1: Yeah, it's really servant leadership, and yeah. you're explaining that really, yeah. really yeah. well.
0: And so when you come to church, also, basically, I have learned quite a bit, and many times you need to identify a gift in somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's always very exciting for that person when you, and leader actually identified the gift and spoke that in their lives, and then give them an opportunity to be able to use that Sure.
1: Gift. So uh, you're calling out the grace in yes, their lives, calling yes. out the gifting in their lives. Yes,
0: and you don't stop at just calling it. You also create an opportunity for them to yeah. say, you could serve God here. You could yes. be a minister here. Yeah. And I wish I had have, I have done a lot more. I'm doing that now and I'm seeing a a new generation of leaders really popping up and coming up and getting excited about ministry. And, and, And that's one thing that if I were to do it all again, I would do a lot more of. Mm -hmm. giving them opportunity
1: yes yes yeah yeah see so many people think leadership is saying and preaching or standing in front of people and telling them what to do Mm -hmm. but most of leadership is behind the scenes Mm -hmm. Mm right and that's what you're saying so well Mm -hmm. most of it is being a servant behind the scenes calling out leadership and others Mm -hmm. people learn by doing giving them opportunity Mm -hmm. and and, you know you guys are doing that so 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 well Mm -hmm. Tell us more about leadership. How about building a team? How's that been? How does that work for you? How do you build a healthy team? How do you do that? And we've all, man, for years I've been involved in building teams, and sometimes it doesn't work, and next time it does work. What are some things you've learned over the years about building a team?
2: One thing I would say is caring about the people on your team. That's good. We usually start leadership meetings well. My husband in particular starts any kind of leadership meetings with personal updates, Um, prayer for each other. And I can see sometimes the business type people in the group or the, you know, go getter type people in the group are kind of like, almost roll your eyes kind of attitude. Oh, we have to start with these things again. You know, we talked, we gave our updates two weeks ago. And yet, that's how to build that We find, particularly in the body of Christ, where it's all about one another, it's all about caring and loving and being Christ's, you know, an expression of Christ to one another, that just to take personal interest in people. That doesn't necessarily always have to be in a meeting, but it's also important for others on the team to recognize that as a value. So when you do it in a team meeting, others can recognize the importance of it as well, and then it also helps to build the team relationships right I think one danger of a team is when everybody relates to the leader but the team members aren't relating to each other correct and that just simple expression or simple practice helps to build that and then encouraging of course um, those relationships to develop outside of the quote-unquote meeting as well but in many other contexts I
1: think we've all learned together that over the years that key a key to leadership is that we care about people, Mm -hmm. we shepherd people, but then we have a task also. Mm -hmm. Some leaders are task oriented, they Mm -hmm. just wanna deal with the task. And others, are people oriented, just wanna deal with the people. Mm -hmm. And we must find a way to do both. Both. And sometimes there are different people on our teams, I find, Mm -hmm. who are better at one than the other. Mm And my wife, Laverne, as you would know, is really good with the people side. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a task-oriented kind of person. Mm-hmm. and But working together has been powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I think, have done that well also in seeing people raised up.
2: I would be the task-oriented one, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And yet, I feel like people are much better at their tasks when they know that they're valued as people. That
1: is true. That so is it true.
2: does need to be, in some form or another, a starting place or a foundation for building that for getting the work done. <laughs>
1: that's right. And I think often a uh, question I ask leaders is this. Do people feel safe around you? Do they feel safe around you? Because if we're caring about people and the issues they're dealing with in their own lives, then they'll feel safe around us. If they feel like you know, someone's just going to tell us what to do, <laughs> they won't perhaps not feel safe around us. So I think that that's a key. Anything else about building teams you want to share with our friends?
0: Yeah, Larry. Again, it depends on the task, the task that you want to carry out with this team. Correct. I would say, for example, building a team around March for Jesus right. in the city of Nairobi. yes. You come up, we came up with these seven wonderful church pastors that we, we I was meeting with in my office every, every, once a week, you know, we would sure. pray from five in the morning and then have prayer drives around the city. Yes. Uh, we well, actually, we started praying at four, have prayer drives from about five to six and come back and finish with prayer. Guys
1: start early in, <laughs> it, in Kenya. <laughs> amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you want to change the city, right? And so you pray, yes. uh, in on site with insight. Mm-hmm. You uh, you know, we're gonna have prayer walks and prayer drives. And, and 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 get to these places in time. So we we, we identify the specific places we want to target, the airport, mm. the state house, yeah. the government offices, the parliament, the, the courts, all these are important places that we need to be able to be in these gates and we pray there. So yes. we do that before traffic starts moving around. We do that early in the That's morning. That's amazing. amazing. And then we come back and pray together. And then the thing that I learned that really helped the team become a team is mm-hmm. going to each other's homes, you know, Beautiful. praying with them in their homes, meeting the families, eating together with their families. And then later on, what we did was visit each other's churches, you know, <laughs> actually exchanging pulpits, you know, have this minister come Beautiful. and preach in my church. Yes. And then we had prayer walks and prayer drives in different church different yes. around different churches, you know, of these seven Men, you know, it became a very cohesive team that moved together. And we we were able now to take the city and take the nation. And when it comes down to charge, again, it's the same principles, you know, believe in these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can do it and them. But also identifying their gifts and and putting them in places that they enjoy working so Mm. that ministry is fun. They're enjoying it. It's they're yeah. doing it for the Lord, but they're also enjoying it at the same yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Very good. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, most leaders made a few mistakes here and there. So or what are some things you'd change you look back and think, ah, I wish you would have done that differently? And, any thoughts on that? Or are you the perfect leaders? You've never made mistakes. Oh, a mistake. no, no,
2: no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Too many mistakes to mention. Um, okay, we, we did a lot of early work with former friends. okay. Friends are great, but the task was not about the task. It was about the relationship from the past. So right. there was a lot of assumption. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of assumption that yeah. you know, we understood each other or we knew which direction we wanted to go. And then emerging as a leader is difficult when you're working among friends. That's true. Who have been equals. I'm sorry to use these terms, but this is the reality. Who have been equals, who have been perhaps together on other things in other contexts, and then all of a sudden, someone is supposed to be a leader and give the vision and give the oversight and give the direction, that becomes very tricky. So I'm not saying we, I I, I mean, I look back that and I look back and I wonder, it's not that we shouldn't build with friends. And yet just be sure, very clear about what we're coming together for, what type of you know, organization, relationship do we have in this task? And just making sure that you are hearing God in terms of who to involve in leadership, getting the right people on the bus. It needs to
1: guess. be clear because you have a team, but there's always a leader in every team. Mm-hmm. Because if God's leader isn't leading, mm-hmm. would the enemy will make sure that they have another leader leading. And that's why Mm -hmm. there's a lot of problems often in leadership. Mm -hmm. So when you come from the same background and you grew up together, family or family members Mm -hmm. even, there's a lot of assumptions that are made. Mm -hmm. And so I really agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Even anything you would say about... I I am say
0: the same, that really having some kind of... Ground rules, you know. Right. Like this is what we are doing, and people need to be clear. Yeah. I don't assume that they understand. Right. Go over it. Let them repeat it to you that this is what we want to do. This is going to be my role, and this is this is how I'm going to account for it. Right. I, the whole aspect of accountability, Larry. I, I must have messed up on that because sometimes when I give somebody a task to do, i feel Feel like I don't want to look over their shoulders. I try, want to trust them to go, but some of these people need to be guided. Right, they need to be helped. Sometimes they are stuck, and you know nowhere to be seen, and and they just they just struggle with it and probably even give up. But people need to be guided. Yeah. People need to be encouraged, particularly when they are stuck. And. Let them come back to you uh, to, uh, to share with you where they are having problems, why right. they can't move, k- keep moving, mm-hmm. and, and help them uh, get unstuck <laughs> and, yeah. and celebrate with them when they do that. Wouldn't, yes. you,
1: mm-hmm. wouldn't you say even just having, when you give someone a responsibility, ha- that they know there's a time that they're going to check back mm-hmm. with you and you're going to mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that I, sets up a bit of accountability yes, for yes, that, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Good. Diane.
2: Another thing I would say is just knowing what can and cannot be compromised. Mm -hmm. We found ourselves in several situations over the years where wanting to be open, wanting to have plurality of leadership and and openness among the team, you find people just wanting to change the vision. Right. And, you know, they come in and there just needs to be clarity. This is our vision, that we're not negotiating we can negotiate on many things, how to go about it. We want people to be involved. We want people to give ideas. We want people to, you know, put themselves into it fully. But there's some things that we're not going to sit down and start talking about and talkings can become disagreement even. And then what usually happens is people who, I mean, yeah, the vision just needs to be really, really clear, the parts that we can't, we can't. Change. Sure. We can't you know, we've
1: all taught in not only throughout Africa but America, and South right. America, and Europe about leadership right. again and again. And something we often teach, and you guys have taught this, we've taught this, uh, is there's, there's four commonalities. Mm-hmm. Remember that four commonalities right. for any team to work together long term. Mm-hmm. And there's the same vision, where are we headed, the values, what do we believe, mm-hmm. what will we die for, mm-hmm. the procedure, how will we do it, and relationship. Right. If we miss any one of those four, anyone, Mm -hmm. the team will take a nice dive into the ground, a nosedive into the ground. It won't work. Mm -hmm. And we need those four to work again. That's really exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Great. So if a young leader comes to you and says, I need advice on how to be a healthy leader, what would you tell him? I want to really be an effective, healthy leader. What have you learned in your many years of leadership that you would tell him?
2: Several things come to mind. Balance, Mm -hmm. humility and unity, walking with others. Beautiful. I mean, each of those could be explained, but...
0: I I think for me, Larry, is basically, again, this young leader encouraging them that you you didn't start in heaven, you also started with problems. (laughs) So going back to my own life when I was unhealthy and sharing some right, of that, right, not right, in, right. not everything, but at least enough to help this guy realize I'm a human being, right. and I've, God has brought me to where I am, even with my weaknesses. So sharing right. some of those weaknesses, being so vulnerable, so is good. teaching the, this young leader to also be vulnerable, yes. because he's also going to teach other people. That's right. and, and also recognizing that there are times I couldn't, and there, there are certain things I could not make happen. I needed help from other people. And when you get stuck, we are always going to be there for you so it's again like my wife says modeling it yeah also and if they see you can show them this is where we come from this is where we went and this is how we did it that but is so it, good. i don't expect that you you have to do it the same way right. god might show you other ways to do right, it right right mm-hmm. you're
1: yeah, telling our leadership god stories makes mm-hmm. all the difference mm-hmm. and you've done that well mm-hmm. and not just the positive stories right. mm-hmm. But the hard stories, you know, Bible teacher Bob Mumford said one time, we've often quoted him, he said, I don't trust anyone unless they walk with a limp. Yeah, good. couple other questions for you yet. What are some key issues you see leaders facing today that we have concern? Any any issues you see leaders facing today and think, oh, I want to speak into that.
2: I think the whole area of integrity. Mm. Maybe it's, okay. I can speak from the Kenyan context where corruption is just a way of life. Mm. And and it's we really really need to raise a, a bar of holiness yeah. to be leaders in the body of Christ. I'm not sure which particular issues might might be relevant or comparable to that in other nations or in other cultures, but just being willing to live <laughs> live in a way you know it's not about what we say so much of course the things we say are important but what kind of life are we leading being able to go against the what's expected out there in the world go against the current stand up for what's right Right. stand up for what's true do the right thing i think that would be something i would really want to encourage leaders today
1: good abram
0: i think that a couple of things one is modeling fatherhood to Beautiful. to the people that these leaders are leading, and and just telling them, well, I see a lot of dysfunctional, uh, family, Chris, Christian family homes, churches. And right, it, it, right. It, it's it's like, but it's it's like the fathers need to be fathers and need to recognize that they are not God. They in Africa, you know, the older you get the more you you could even get worshipped. So don't take advantage of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Be a father and recognize that you made mistakes and raise your sons. Very that good. you you didn't you didn't get to where you were because you didn't make mistakes <laughs> actually it was god's grace that got you where right, you are and right. walk with them and believe in your sons i see fathers and sons fighting and churches splitting mm. and 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 then we have these rebellious sons who just want to take take get get off and move on so when I meet with these elderly leaders they're talking about uh, these young people who have messed up the ministry and I mm. and, and I, I have to ask uh, what cost it you right, know, I think right. the problem is on both sides you know exactly. and, and being able to come to recognize that we as fathers have failed yeah, and the sons yeah. have also failed and finding a healing factor yes. where the hearts of the sons are turned to yes, the, to the fathers platform. and the hearts mm. of the fathers are turned to the sons exactly. Because that's where God would want to bring healing to the child. Yeah.
1: Um, I want to ask you, you've, you have had such a call to prayer for so many years. And you have this vision for a prayer center. And I've walked on the land. I've seen, I've seen the vision. I've prayed with you about this vision. And God's beginning to bring this together. It's mm-hmm. going to be an amazing thing God's going to do. Talk to us about that vision, how it happened, how you mm-hmm. got it and how you got to where you're at today and where you're heading, heading in the future with this amazing vision for a 24-7 prayer worship center right in the heart of Nairobi, Kenya.
2: Yes, and amen. When we were meeting for many years in a rented building for Sunday morning celebrations, there were churches planted in Uganda and other nations and other cities around Kenya, but our own local congregation or celebration was meeting in a rented center really looking for a place land property where we could have a church and both ibrahim and i separately told the lord kind of a fleece that if give us as you give us a place we will dedicate it to to 24 7 prayer and soon after we realized that that was each of our prayer to the lord a property became available that was an amazingly low price relative to the market price And we were able to close on it quickly and move into that new place. So that was, it's been a vision from the start to have that kind of facility. The verse that has been strongly a theme verse is the verse that says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And I understand the all nations to mean praying for all nations, and also bringing together all nations for prayer. Beautiful. So that's really the vision for the prayer center that we would be able to pray for all the nations in the world, even represent them through maps and diagrams and information. You know, the technology we have, we could have information on the needs of different nations around the world, but also invite people from the nations to come and pray together. And there's such a power of unity. When when mm-hmm. we can break the divides, not only in our own little circles and our own nations, but across the national boundaries and come together for prayer, we believe that there's a revival that's ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. It's, it's very very exciting. And any any of you would like to know more about this amazing vision for a person right in the heart, of Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, we have show notes. You can check out the show notes, and you can check out uh, you can check out the DoveAfricaCenter.org. Now we've got dot SpringsofAfrica.org. And the Springs of Africa is a ministry that channels finance from all over the world and helping people with all, humanitarian aid and all kinds of things right there in in the heart of Nairobi, N- 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 Kenya. Now, God called you to go to many nations. So how did that begin to happen? I mean, you give leadership to, to africa east african nations more than 300 churches starting with just one we all remember mm-hmm. back in 1989 that first church started never dreamed this could happen in those days so w- what did god use what was the process god used to get you in different nations mm-hmm. what did that look like
0: well one is when we started in nairobi uh and I was teaching part-time at Deista University. Right. And so some of these students from different parts of Africa who came to Deista began to come to our church. And, and uh, so Ephraim Timosime from yes. Uganda was one of them. There were others from Uganda that were in the church, but I'll stay with Ephraim. He, he, I had a meeting with him in my office and prayed with him, and he had been a leader in his own nation. And, uh, and with a denomination and got wounded and swore that he would never go back to church planning. <laughs> so prayed for healing for him. Uh, and then he was involved in leading a cell group, helping husband lead a cell group in, in, in Nairobi. And when he went back to Kampala, he thought he would do some journalism work or writing work. Right. He called us later on and said, could we do church here? And I was like, this is God. So from Ephraim, there was people from Rwanda who also met him, uh, Lewis Kagegi and Joseph Ngoi, uh, who met Ephraim in Kampala. And it's all by relationship, right? It was yes. yeah. relationships yeah. that, that got it to Rwanda and then to, to DRC. Well, I ha- we have a... S- spiritual son, who is also apostolic. His name is, is uh, Simon Rua, and he had been in India, with, and they were a part of a movement together with Hesbon. So when these guys and come... is one of your spiritual yes, sons from yes, Africa, yes, from Kenya, yes. right? So when these guys come come back to Kenya, and we meet these sons, and they also have their sons. <laughs> exactly. So we have the church in, in Mozambique is actually uh, studied by a, son, a a son of Simon who is right. our spiritual son <laughs> and so it's these relationships and having people that uh, we, our, our sons have discipled that are planting these churches and, and then we get behind them support them and stand with them
1: I love and, what you're saying and, 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 it's what Jesus said go yes. and make disciples mm-hmm. you know and yes. then obviously Paul in 2 Timothy 2 too, yeah. you know Paul taught to Timothy things yeah. you've heard from me among many witnesses trust the faithful men who will yeah. yeah. go to others also so, yeah. And really, that's what's happened with you. Yeah. Some, I mean, young leaders, they think, I've got this vision for the world. I'm going to go on the Internet and try to make it happen. Or, yeah. I mean, you can use the Internet. That's fine. But yeah. really, yeah. the kingdom is down to relationships, relationships, a relationship with God and a relationship yeah. with people. Yeah. And when we obey Jesus and we walk in integrity yeah. and we pray and we do the things God has called us to do, yeah. people will want that and they'll want to connect with us in the nations to see the kingdom of God grow. And you've done that really well. Anything else you'd say?
2: I would say the same thing. It's relationships, divine appointments. People who come into your life and you build together. You just build yeah. together. Yeah, it's been a it's been Again, going back to the idea of planning, we can plan these things. Yes. We can plan to go plant churches in Mozambique or go plant sure. churches in Zambia. But without the key relationships, men of peace, the connections that are divinely ordained, it's very difficult to see because yeah. the, the, it's all about relationships.
1: Yeah. Talk to Zibram about Mozambique. What's God doing in Mozambique right now with young leaders?
0: Yeah, Mozambique is a very exciting place to be uh they the cell groups particularly during covid lockdown cell right. groups multiplied and uh, because people are hop, opening their homes mozambique is led by a 26 year old uh, father of two uh, engineer by training, but he was given engineering up to just serve God, and he really enjoys it. He enjoy, he enjoys pastoring. He enjoys pro- prophetic things. He enjoys speaking on national TV and national radio. And he does it is, well. yeah, and he does it very well. But also, he's a great pastor. And so his his young leader is a team of university kids that work together and and they multiplied and they brought their friends and friends, friends, friends. So the church has grown and and the cell groups have multiplied all over the city of, of Maputo. So uh, during COVID, there's been like a revival. And I think one of the exciting things that I had was when the policemen were struggling with these young men who are meeting in this home and having a good time. And then they went in to check, and there were over 20 of them in this home, and there's COVID regulations don't. Don't allow that. So, <laughs> so they were put in the cells. and They were put in a rural cell po- and jail. And yeah, jail, yeah, yeah. And for like a few hours. And they were really celebrating. We are suffering for Jesus. <laughs> this is a great opportunity <laughs> to actually identify with Jesus. They were released like 12 hours later. <laughs> anyway, they, they are back in charge. They, the COVID regulations are off because the COVID is reducing in the area and they're just having a great time. Exactly, is growing and multiplying. Beautiful. You yeah. have
1: so many stories. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote a book, Changing a Nation. And why did you write that book?
0: That book was, came out of a very painful experience that we had as a nation of Kenya in uh, 2007, 2008. Right. Uh, we had this election that didn't turn out very well, and they... The people were rioting and people were on the streets, and it, the, then fires began. Right. And, and I found myself uh, being called in to, to, to bring reconciliation between the president and the leader of the opposition. And so a few of us were shuttling between the president's office. And these opposition leaders' office, right, right. and trying to get them to speak to one to each other, at least on camera, so mm-hmm. that the, the 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 nation would stop burning. And we couldn't get them to actually even greet each other. Mm-hmm. It was hard. So we, I did prophetic action. Mm-hmm. I would walk around these guys, uh, praying around mm-hmm. them, and, and and then then we decided just to invite them to a prayer meetings. So after the second prayer meeting. Uh, where the president came and some of us led in a prayers of repentance, the president walked out of that prayer meeting, walked to his office, and the leader of opposition was waiting for him there. Mm. And Kofi Annan was there also, mm-hmm. and they greeted each other. They talked for the first time, and the nation Beautiful. stopped burning. Beautiful. After having that had that experience and visiting the the the, the IDP internally displaced persons or camps where people are staying like refugees in their own nation seeing ban- homes that were burned seeing a church where people had gone in for refuge and it was set on fire so many people burned in that church and feeling really bad yes. about kenya and i felt like i needed to put things in writing and, okay. and really ask how can nation be how do you change a nation that has gone that low yeah and 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 really starting with the church where did the church go wrong uh where is leadership what are some of the yes the, the things inside us Africans that allow, that can drive us to behave like animals to the point mm. where we take machetes and cut each other's wow. heads. What is it in us that drives us that to, to that point? How can we break that? How can we change that? So, yeah, the, the, yeah changing a nation is an attempt. It's actually right. a first attempt. I think that right. there's going to be other books sure. following that. Sure. It's a first attempt to identifying the problem and Basically, giving indicators on how to stop that from yeah. ever happening again. Uh, like right now, there there be drum drum beats of violence because we have election coming in twenty twenty two in August. And how do we stop that from happening? So I mean, a team of church leaders that are saying, how can we be mediators? before it happens before the elections during the elections and even after the elections how can we develop a rapport with these politicians so that we can keep them to some standards some requirements before the elections during the elections and even after the elections if there's conflict we can bring them together to resolve
1: it appreciate so much when you let allow the world to use you to change Mm -hmm. governments and you're writing both of you Mm -hmm. last question i have for you is a lot of young leaders listening to this podcast what would you say to them if they were sitting here, right here in this room with you right now saying, it's just one thing I should know yet, one thing I should know about leadership. I'd like each of you to respond to that. What would it be? Wow. Or one thing we've missed, or maybe you want to say it again, mm-hmm. emphasize it again. That'd be fine.
2: I would say stay just stay close to the Lord. Beautiful. You are going into uncharted waters. You're going into places where we wouldn't. We, as the previous generation, if we want to say that, would not be able to understand. Right. And yet the Lord has seen it. The Lord has gone before you. The Beautiful. Lord knows what's ahead of you. Stay close to the Lord and stay humble. Um, you know, we don't like to be challenged. None of us like to be challenged as human beings told we've gone wrong. But many times when people show us our weaknesses or when our weaknesses are pointed out, that's the Lord working on us. So stay humble, be willing to just say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and stay close to God. Abram?
0: I would say, you know, I'm looking through my life in the past few years and having opportunities to meet presidents and do things for the nation. I would just give one advice. Please keep a prophetic distance between you. And the political world, Mm. Uh, in the sense that you have this, you can be called in to to correct situations, or you can go in and appreciate when things are being done well. But if you are so close Mm -hmm. to these political systems, you identify with it so much that you be you lose objectivity. But keep that distance so that God can show you what needs to be changed, so that you can hear from God how to prophesy, Mm. how to rebuke a leader, how to correct a leader in love. But if you are so close, you lose that objectivity. So keeping that prophetic distance is a key thing to changing nations, to being influential in communities, in societies that Mm. God is calling us as we take nations for his kingdom.
1: Thank you, Ibram and Diana Monday. This is such a blessing hearing from you guys and all God's done through you, Ibram and Diane, again, authors together of of um really. I don't even know how many books. I've lost count. And, of course, Changing a Nation, which has really affected your nation in a very, very positive way. Leaders of Dove Africa, the Dove Africa Center, the Prayer Tower. And all these things are in your show notes. If you want to connect with them. Say, man, I, I my heart's connecting with, with Ibram Dan and things that they've said. You can just uh, go online. Uh, you just check with the show notes, and all that information is right there. You do a blog on Mondays in Kenya at uh, wordpress.com. Uh, in so many ways, you serve the body of Christ. So thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Larry. This has been great.
1: It was. A, thank you, Larry. And you're welcome. This it was a wonderful. blessing having you. And again, Larry Crider Leadership Podcast, we are looking at small things we can change that will make a massive difference in our lives and the lives of those we serve. And it was great having you with us today. And God bless you. Look forward to connecting with you again real soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Larry Crider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKrider.com.